How good is it to be in the house of God? I love it every Sunday. I just love our church so much. But hey, as um, Pastor Josh said earlier, we've actually launched a series of, for November called Running on Empty. How about everyone say Running on Empty? And you know what? I want to introduce this series that, you know, in life we all go through different seasons, right? There's all kinds of different seasons you and I will face. And as I reflect on my journey, you know, there's been seasons in my life where I, I've simply, to put it, have just been so over, overwhelmed by life. You know, I, I remember seasons where sometimes it wouldn't just last a day, this, this feeling of being overwhelmed, maybe not even a week, sometimes months at a time. And, and you know, I reflect and I remember just feeling um, so overwhelmed by, by everything going on, the, the stress, uh, anxiety, fear rising and gripping me and, and just, you know, that feeling of going to sleep every night just overwhelmed, you know, like these burdens on me and then waking up and the first thought I would face would just be this overwhelming, oh my gosh, life is, you know, that, that feeling of, of um, busyness and overwhelmed and, and just every day in that season getting more and more emotionally drained, more and more in a place where I was like, how, can, I can't see a way of getting through this. And you know, maybe you can relate to that. Maybe, I'm, and I'm sh- I know that a lot of us can, or maybe there's people here tonight who are actually in that place right now, just facing life is so busy. I'm so overwhelmed by everything I have to do. Uh, you know, have you ever felt overwhelmed with life and, and everything you have to get done, or there's a, you feel like there's just not enough time in the week to do what I have to do? And, and maybe you feel weary and tired. Well, you know, that's what our series is all about. Uh, and I want to start by saying that that is not God's will for our life. His plan for our life doesn't involve you and I being overwhelmed, being, being uh, stuck in anxiety and this feeling of life is just too much. That's not, not God's will for our life. And that's why I'm so pumped about this series as we, um, we're going to tackle this issue head on of, of busyness and, and, and the realities of the time poor world that we live in. And how do we manage priorities? What does God say about it? And this morning we are kicked off with Pastor John who just preached an amazing message uh, on our three gauges. Yeah, let's give it up for Pastor John, our awesome senior pastor. And just would encourage you, make sure you listen to it. It was such a great message just to launch us into this theme. Hey, I want to kick off with a scripture, John 10.10. It says this, this is Jesus speaking. I just want to finish at the end. He said, I have come that they may have life. Everyone say life and life to the full. See, God has called you and I to have a, a full life of purpose and of joy, a life that we love, a life that fulfills what we're called to do. And, and you know, God hasn't necessarily called you and I to an easy life or a lazy life. Like, you know, our, our calling isn't to sit on the beach every day and drink coconuts like, but at the same time, yeah, oh, you know, I know, I'm sorry. So on holidays, of course, not every day, but at, at the same time, right? God has not called you and I to, to be overwhelmed and, and busy. And, you know, there's a difference between a full life and a busy life. A full life living God's way and fulfilling all that He's called us to do, and a busy life of us feeling overwhelmed. And I wrote this down. I wrote, a full life is a life that is full of the right priorities. A busy life is a life that is full of distraction from the wrong priorities. 
And tonight I want to share just simply out of a revelation, just a, a story in the Bible that God brought to life to me when I was facing one of these seasons that I was facing. And I want to look at the lives of two people in the Bible called Mary and Martha. And we're going to learn from them. So if I can get uh, Luke chapter 10 up on the screen, we're going to go through, um, uh, uh, there's four scriptures of a story uh, when uh, uh, Martha invited Jesus into their home. So let's check this out. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her, her, her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. So there's two people in this story. Mary sat down attentively before the master, which was Jesus, absorbing every re revelation that he shared. Hey, who thinks it'd be pretty cool to sit at the feet of Jesus? Come on, how cool is that? We can go to the next scripture. They're sitting in their home. But Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So if you can picture this, so Mary and Martha have invited Jesus into Martha's home and, and Mary's sitting there and Jesus is sharing her heart with her and she's sitting so attentively and I can just picture it. Martha is stressing out. You know, she's all of a sudden got the saviour of the world in her house, right? And, and it's messy. Like, you know, she's getting the vacuum out. She's brooming. She's preparing food. She's getting the drinks ready. She's just in go, go, go mode. Busy, busy, busy. Make it happen, make it happen, make it happen. And that's where she actually gets frustrated because she's doing all the work, right? And her lazy sister in her eyes lazy isn't helping so she she interrupts Jesus now you have to think she'd be pretty mad to interrupt Jesus um I wouldn't do that anyway she interrupts Jesus and says Lord don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all this work by myself you should tell her to get up and help me who can who can um feel the attitude yeah in that in those words all right next verse <clears throat> This is amazing. The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha. Jesus loved her so much. Even in her busyness, where in the world she was in, uh, even though she wasn't even sitting with him, he loved her. My beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled? Pulled away by all of these distractions. Everyone say distractions. Are they really that important? And let's go to the one last verse. Mary has discovered this one thing, the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted and I won't take this privilege away from her. Hey, tonight we're just going to go into this story and I want us to learn a lesson from both of these women, one from Martha and one from Mary in this amazing encounter she had with Jesus. But I want to get into tonight, I, I remember as a nine-year-old boy, uh, I'm going to show you a photo in a while. Who, who's excited to see what I look like at nine? Um, yeah, Ebony saw this photo and she was like, oh, are our kids going to look like that? <laughs> I was like, what? wow, all right. Um, that hurt. Uh, you can put that first. <laughs> I was like, yes, that's called genetics. Anyway, you can put those, uh, that first photo up. This is me at nine. Oh, look at that. Look at that concentration. Now, I had one dream. Okay, my dream was to win an Olympic gold. Okay, I'm nine years old for Australia uh, at the Olympics in athletics, in running. Now, I was mad. I was a mad runner. Now, you know, I wasn't a normal nine-year-old. I was like so focused on this goal. It was my life. I like lived. I breathed it. Uh, and I, I, I do all these competitions. And I lived in Canberra at the time. And, and um, 
I remember, you know, I was starting to win competitions. I, I started to go to nationals at, at about 10, 11 years old and traveling around Australia with my family. It was awesome. And um, I just remember one day, I was so serious. I, I told my mom, I'm like, mom, I actually want to get a professional coach to train me. Like, yeah, once again, what a weird nine-year-old. Like, who does that? Like, shouldn't you be like chilling out? I don't know, like having fun as a kid. But I'm like, mom, I'm serious. I'm going to make the Olympics. And um, so anyway, I got this professional coach. We can keep that photo up. I like it. Um, just a rubber. Ebony's not here, so let's just keep it up. Anyway, yeah, that one's my favorite. Yeah, look at that. Anyway, so... I had this one goal, I, I, I wanted a coach, and so we found a coach who, uh, he was a really good coach, he'd coached professionals, and um, we got together as a group, and he trained like these group of runners, like this might sound a bit weird, Canberra's near the AIS, where most of our athletes would be for Australia, who go to the Olympics, and anyway, um, and I just remember, I want to share a bit of a story. Now, who knows like those, those stories in life that are just so embarrassing that you never forget them? This is one of them, okay? Uh, it's not a happy, clappy, uh, made the Olympics kind of story, because I didn't. But I remember my fir- uh, one of my first times at this training session. So we'd gather together all these runners, and uh, we, we'd you know, just do all kinds of different kinds of training. And this one day, I just remember it so vividly, I think it must have been one of my first times, and it was, we gathered in this place I'd never been, and we are going for a group run. Now, as I said, I was about 11, and he would train guys from probably about yeah my age I was the youngest all the way up to like 17 and when you're 11 or 12 like you know 16 and 17 year olds are like the coolest people in the world right and so I was so intimidated I remember rocking up there's no one else my age and there's all these guys who've gone through puberty and as you can see um, no 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 luck yet Uh, you still got five years on there anyway so I'm there and I I remember two people. I remember one, there was a girl who I thought was really pretty, who was about 15, so older than me, and she she made me really nervous. And I remember this guy who was about 17 and he had just come back from this amazing, like, you know, national run. He was really, like, famous and, like, he was really good. And anyway, we're going for a run. We're just doing the jog. Uh, It's like this one was, like, cross country and we're jogging. And as I'm jogging, I just begin to jog next to this girl who I thought was quite pretty. And I'm like, this is a great moment just to introduce myself and get to know her and, um, you know, try to impress this 17-year-old. Come on, I'm pretty brave. Anyway, and I'm running next to her. Anyway, and if you can just picture it, I'm, I'm running and I'm starting to talk to her and that guy who was like really amazing was behind me and I'm running and we're just next to each other. And I just remember I'm, I'm running along, I'm looking over at her, talking, introducing myself and some idiot had built a pole the exact size where, um, you know, hurts. Anyway, and I'm running and I'm looking at her and of course I run straight into it, hit myself right where it hurts, flip over and land on my back. I start crying and this guy who's like the coolest guy ever is just like laughing hysterically, pointing at me, getting everyone to look at me. They're circling me. The girl's looking at me. I'm like, no, like worst moment, right? But still crying because it hurts so much. Uh, and I still hope I can have children. I don't know yet. Um, once again, glad Ebony's not here. Anyway, <laughs> it's good. I like this. So anyway, my point of this story I, I, my, I was running, okay, my, my focus, luckily that wasn't a race, but, you know, at the, you know my, my focus and my priority should have simply been to look where I was going, but, you know, when you're running, you're, you're, your main thing is I've got to focus on my race and where I'm heading, but I was getting distracted by the wrong thing, and what that actually did is it took away from the most important thing, like, if that was a race, I would have lost, right, because I was distracted away from the most important thing, and... 
You know what? The same thing happened with Martha. My first point here is Martha was distracted from her priorities. Can we get verse 40 up again, please, guys? Let's read it again. Uh, It says, But Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for a guest. See, Martha had a to-do list. She had things that needed to get done. It, uh, it, you know, she was busy. She, she had all this stuff that was in her mind. She was stressing out. She was go, go, go. And I don't know whether you've ever felt like that. Have you ever just felt stuck in the trap of life is so busy? My to-do list is never ending. It gets bigger every week. Every time I try to tick something off, I get two more things. That's where she was. She was tired. She was frustrated. And, and she was just in this place of busyness. But then if we, and I know we can relate to that, but if we move to verse 41, and, and Jesus reply, Martha, my beloved mother, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Are they really that important? And I remember in that moment, Martha just had this massive aha moment. You know those moments, like revelation. And I reckon she would have realized that she was so busy with all of these distractions that she easily could have missed what was the most important thing to her in that moment, what she wanted most, or in other words, her priority. See, she'd been pulled away by distraction. And I believe that Martha had the right heart. You know, if we actually read this story, it was Martha who first invited Jesus into her home, not Mary. Martha, I believe, loved Jesus. I believe Martha wanted to bless Him, to honor Him, to spend time with Him. That was what her heart desired. But she had gotten so distracted by the things to do or the wrong things in that moment that she originally thought was important, but she nearly missed what was most important to her, which was to simply sit at the feet of Jesus. And maybe tonight you're going to have a similar aha moment. And you know, how often, how often does this happen to us? That, you know, we so badly wanted to get up every day last week and spend time with Jesus, but we slept in or, or we forgot, or we intended to go to church every Sunday and a group every fortnight and we, we, it just doesn't happen. Or we so badly want to spend time with our husband or our wife on a date night, or we intended to go to the gym three times last week, or, you know, for that run, or to, to have that time to make a healthy meal instead of getting Maccas, or, you know, we want to spend time with kids on our kids on a Saturday, or we intended to watch that sunrise at the beach, we wanted to go on that holiday. Like, so often this happens, right? There's things that, that's a priority to us, but out of nowhere, we look back and we go, what the heck? It's now been uh, months and I go, and we go, what? Like, how come I haven't not got to those things that were so important to me? My heart's priorities. And, and, it's, and you know what comes out of our mouth is because we have been so busy. <clears throat> A scary thought is this. If Jesus hadn't intervened, maybe Martha would have been too busy and missed this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus. And see, in life, if we're not careful, instead of us living life on purpose, you and I can get stuck in the trap of, of life uh, leading us. And what I mean by that is this, if we don't purposely live and, and plan out of our priorities, you and I can find that naturally we'll just end up too busy for those things. And day will come, weeks will fly by, months will fly by, and we'll look back and we can miss the things that were so important. We need to be proactive. And so practically today, I actually have some homework for you. Now, I'm a school teacher. I love giving homework. And uh, if you don't bring it back next week, it will be detention. I'll call your mom. Anyway, so I want us to do three things, and I want you to write this down so you remember. I want us all to go home and just reflect this week. What are your priorities? What are the most important things in your life? I want you to list them in order, you know, five, maybe you might list ten, but what are the most important things in your life? Number two, I want us to write down 
Okay, now that I know my high, my priorities, you know, what is pulling me away? What is distracting me? So when I look at last week, what took all of my time that actually isn't one of my priorities? And so I want us to make a list of what distracts us in life. And then lastly, I want us then to look at those lists and start to make some changes in our life and in our calendar. So we're not living out of our distractions, but we're living out intentionally what is important to you and I. And the key to this is this, guys, that simply our calendar needs to match our priorities. That, you know, what is most important to us, we need to put into our life and our calendars first. You know, if, if I say Jesus is my priority, well, then I want to make sure I'm building my life around time with Him. Or if family's my priority, then I want to make sure I've booked that date night with my wife before I, I accept other meetings or hangouts with my friends. Uh, if I say my soul's health important, all these things, are we, are we putting them into our calendar? And you know, I just really want, as we do that, you might find that it's, it could be initially a bit discouraging, but that's okay. We're going to begin that journey of going, all right, I want my life. I want to live it on purpose. I'm not going to let busyness and my life happen to me like Martha did in this moment, but I'm going to be intentional about how I live. And I'm, going to, um, I'm just going to stop pulling the, dis- the way from the distractions and live life. Is that cool? Is that helping anybody? Touch somebody and say, what is most important? And so that's what we can learn from Martha tonight. But what about Mary? Let's look at, at Mary. And simply put, do you know what you and I can learn from her tonight? Is that her priority was Jesus. Can we um, pull out verse 42? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. See, she, I actually think through this story, she probably had just as much to do as Martha. She probably was just as busy and had the biggest, the same level of to-do list as Martha. But she had made a decision that day that I'm, I'm not going to let all of that distract me in this moment. I'm going to choose what my heart uh, priority is, which was Jesus. And you know what? I, I really believe that as you and I write our priority list, I would so encourage us that Jesus should be first on our list. You know, there was a moment in the Bible where um, some Pharisees came to Jesus. And they actually questioned Him. And they said, Jesus, what is the most important commandment? Basically saying, what should be the greatest priority of every Christian? We'll read this in Matthew uh, 22, verse 37. We'll just go straight to 37. And Jesus, uh, it's all right, it's coming up. But Jesus replied this, You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the, the first and greatest commandment. See, what he was saying here is the greatest priority for every single believer is simply to love the Lord, to put Jesus first, to seek after Him. And that's why I'd encourage us, and I know for me, as I do my priority list, that Jesus comes first. He is my priority in my life, and I want Him to be. And you know, the Bible says that where our treasure is, our heart is also. And so if Jesus is my priority, I need to make sure that my treasure is there too. If He's where my heart is. And that, you know, our greatest treasure, you know, it actually probably isn't money. For me, it's time. Time is so important. And so I want where my heart is, which I, I'm saying is Jesus. I want my time to be with Him too. And if Jesus is our priority, we need to put Him first in, uh, in the first part of our week and come into the house of God. We need to put Him as the first part of every day and, and get into prayer, get into the Word and not let anything distract us. And you know, I shared at the start that 
I reflect on seasons where life just got overwhelming for me and I, I was struggling to keep up, struggling to, to get all this stuff done. And, and if I was honest with you, I'd say what got me to that place every, like every time was my priority said one thing, but my life actually said another. And the biggest thing for me is I said Jesus was first. If you'd asked me in all of those seasons, I would have said Jesus is the most important thing in my life. He's first in my life. But you know what? When I was in those seasons, if I was honest, what started to happen is my time with Him began to get erased away as life got busy. You know, I'd begin to accidentally sleep in and miss some time with Him or I'd begin to, you know, not, not in, even on purpose, but it just naturally happened as life would begin to lead me instead of me living my life on purpose. And what I would find is when I was in that place and, and the, the pressure's getting more and the busyness is growing and, and I'm feeling overwhelmed, but it was actually getting worse and worse because as I wasn't spending time with Him, I was begin, beginning to live life in my own strength, not in His anymore. And I was beginning to rely on myself in, instead of relying on Him. And I just found myself spiritually empty. And that only leads to one place, and it's being overwhelmed in life. When you and I are spiritually empty, it, as Pastor John shared this morning, it's so linked to the health of our soul and our physical health. And so what I want to do, guys, I just want to get the, the band to come up now. As I just, I just want to share a, a scripture. And you know, this really, this, this verse, just, I love it so much because it, it shares what you and I should be doing with God. Can we just uh, read from Exodus 33 verse 7? And this is actually talking about a man named Moses. Moses was a mighty man of God. Moses did great things for God and, and, and he made it all the way to the end in a relationship with God. Um, he led so many people. If anyone had an excuse to be busy, trust me, it was Moses. He would, he's like the equivalent of a prime minister today of, of, you know, of a country. And it was Moses' practice. I want everyone to say practice. That to me, just if we stop there, that means this wasn't a once in a while thing. It was his daily habit, his daily discipline. It was his practice to take the tent of meeting. Now, just so you know what that is, that was something called the Ark of the Covenant. Back before Jesus died, simply put, it was the presence of God. And so Moses would take the, the presence of God, the tent of meeting, and set it up some distance from the camp. Um, so basically, I want us to learn from there. Number one, he would leave the camp. He would leave his life. He would withdraw. And he'd set up the tent and he would spend time with God. But if we then read from verse 11, let's see what happened in there. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Isn't that beautiful? It's such a beautiful picture of what our time with Jesus should look like. And, and you know what I want us to learn is he withdrew he withdrew from life. He withdrew from the pressures. He withdrew from the stress. He withdrew from the to-do list. He would withdraw from the people. And he'd walk away from the camp. And he'd withdraw from all of that to a place where it was just simply him and Jesus. It was just him and Jesus. Every day it was his practice. Do you know the Bible even says that Jesus himself, when he was on earth, that he would often withdraw, that same word again, he would withdraw from the crowd. He would withdraw to an isolated place where he would just be one-on-one -on -one with his Father. See, to, for us guys, this is such an important part of our life. And if Jesus, the Son of God, needed to withdraw from life to be with his Father, to, to rest with him, to spend time with him, to hear his voice, how much more do you and I need it to, to cope and, and to, to charge through life? And, you know, it was their time with God. And I believe that it gave them the strength to do the, all that God had called them to do. It was that, that secret place, that, that place of withdrawing where they got the keys to living above their circumstances, above the situations, above the pressure. 
And you know what, for us, it needs to be our practice. I just want to encourage you that Mary, she made a decision that Jesus was her priority. And you know what she did? She, she just simply sat at the feet of Jesus and just listened to Him and spent time with Him. And you know, every day of our life, you and I need this discipline. We need this practice. Where the, and for me, it's the first part of every day. I wake up early. I just, I just, I get into His presence. I put some worship music on. I drink coffee. I read the Bible, but I just, I just sit with Him. And every day I decide to be with Him. And it's in this place with Him that I find the strength to do what I need to do in this life. It's in this place where I get, I get the, the, the energy and the strength to not live under my circumstance, not to live under this busyness that can overwhelm us, but to live above it. He gives me the strength I need to do all I do. And for me, this is the key. This is the key for me to, to not be living under my circumstances all the time, not to let the busyness of the world take away from me, but to make Him my priority. And as I finish, you know, as you and I do this, what happens is we begin to live life not in our own strength. If you and I are living life in our own strength without Him, we'll quite quickly become depleted. We'll quite quickly run on empty because we weren't designed to do this life by ourselves. We need to do it side by side with Jesus every day where He fills us spiritually and He walks this journey with us and He walks us through the storms. He walks us through the battles and we live victorious instead of under defeat. As we all stand tonight, I want to read one last scripture. Because I believe here there's people who are feeling empty. People who are right now, you, 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 if you are honest. And as you stand, I just want you to ask yourself, where is my spiritual gauge at? Right now, am I, am I so close to God? That, or right now, am I feeling quite empty? Let's read this one last scripture. If we can get Matthew 11 up, please, team. And Jesus is saying this to you and I here tonight. I love the scripture. Then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Or in other words, all you who are running on empty, come to me and I will give you rest. Next verse. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and I'm gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Next verse. For my yoke is easy to bear and my, the burden I give you is light. Maybe here tonight, you, if you are honest, you'd say, I am running on empty. I am struggling right now. I am living a bit under it. I'm struggling with priorities. But here tonight, I know the Lord is here to meet with you in this moment. And I just want to sort of close our eyes as we reflect on this message. Maybe you and I can learn from Martha here tonight that, hey, I, I, I have not been living um, a, a, the same as my priorities. I've been busy doing the wrong thing when I need to change and put more time to the things that are most important. Or maybe you're in this place and like Mary, and you just want to say, you know what, Jesus, you are my priority. I want to come back to that place where I just sit at your feet every morning. And I, I don't want to do life in my own strength anymore, but I want to do it with you. So right now, guys, as every eye is closed, no one's looking around in this moment. But if you are with, uh, honest you, and you would say, you know what, Dan, right now I am empty. Right now I need the presence of God to give me strength. Right now I just feel so empty. You might be struggling with busyness. You might be struggling or feeling overwhelmed. If that's you, I just want you to reach out your hands to God in this moment. If you are honest with yourself, you know, Dan, I am empty. Dan, I am struggling with the pressures of life. Dan, I need to come back to that place. And let this be a moment between you and God. Awesome. There's hands going up everywhere. 
We're just going to finish this, this preach. Just allowing the Holy Spirit to touch you just where you are. Jesus says, come to me. And as your arms rise up, just picture Him. Just like Mary, you're, you're in a moment with Him. And I just see Him giving you strength once again. I see His Word whispering encouragement into your heart. I see you feeling rested. I see peace coming. And as you do, let me just speak over you some things about Jesus. He is our refuge. He is our hiding place. He is our rest. He restores our soul. He gives us strength. He whispers encouragement. He is the Prince of Peace. He is a very present help in time of trouble. Jesus, right now I'm praying for every hand that is lifted. Where we're empty, God, I pray you fill it right now with the Holy Spirit. God, I pray right now that peace comes. Uh, the peace of God to fill every heart, Lord, and where we are struggling, Lord, right now we're living beneath. Lord, I pray that, Lord, we will live above. We will be victorious, God, over our circumstances. We will not live beneath. In the mighty name of Jesus in this place, touch every heart. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Why don't we give God another hand? Awesome. And we can take our seat as we come to close. But hey, I hope that encouraged you here tonight. I know all of us can go home and, and we can apply this to our life. And let's make sure we do that. We, we look at our priorities, what's distracting us. And let's, maybe some of us need to make some changes like Martha, or maybe right now in this place, your action out of this is, you know what, I just want to be like Mary. I want Jesus to be the priority of my heart and I'm going to spend time with Him every day. Hey church, I hope you found uh, tonight encouraging. And you know what? If we are running on empty, let's remember, you know, let's make sure we're living life out of our priorities. Let's do our homework and let's make sure Jesus is our number one priority and we will find ourselves filled, not empty. Amen. God bless you, church. Thank you.